But welcome to episode 213 of the Alma Audible podcast. This is your host, Jared Kalmas, joined by my co-host, Andrew Bermudez, who was uh, maybe a week off from enjoying his first ever Father's Day. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, going, it's going soon. Very true, man. Very, very true. I got a couple of um, happy Father's Day messages either way, which was thoughtful. But it you're felt- already making many of the sacrifices that a father makes. Okay. So- I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I, I, you know, I extended those uh, well wishes myself. Clarissa seems to feel the same way. She's like, you're already. And but but to me, I don't know. It feels a little fraudulent, feels a little inauthentic. You know, I I hate I don't have kids for for anyone who doesn't know me that well. I hate when people tell me happy Father's Day because I have a dog. Oh, I love my dog and I do so much for my dog and all that. But that to me feels very um not right yeah it's not right yeah. it's not right and look this is coming from a guy that has four dogs and you you really do have to be a steward to them and and you do raise them and you do care for them but it ain't the same my boy it is not the same and i don't have a kid yet but i already know it is yeah, not, not the same yeah uh, man and then and then i, yeah. I could do a whole podcast about this now that i think about it i have a lot of takes on this topic i've got a tremendous (laughs) tremendous fear of my newborn crying baby and our four dogs in the house also crying with the baby they'll be howling oh and the baby will be crying and then then he'll cry more and then they'll bark more and it's just gonna be chaos chaos you'll you'll have those nights you'll have those days i'm sure (laughs) but you'll go through it yeah, I mean, look, uh, we're due any day now, folks. Um, we we are on the verge of uh, the very last week of pregnancy. We're already 39 weeks in. And any day now, any day now. And I was trying to tell Jared, I've been trying to like describe this this crazy situation that I'm in. It's, it's very, very strange, like this window that I'm currently existing. The baby's not here yet. You know that once it, he gets here, everything drastically changes forever mm-hmm. but until he gets here nothing really changes and so all you do is just kind of wait and you're not really sure what to do there's not really anything that you can do and there's it's like, like it's you're like, you're really busy not being busy oh man you know what I mean? like your time's not allocated but it's consumed bro you freaking nailed it i was sending out emails today like hey i've just been slammed waiting for this baby and i'm sorry <laughs> I, I, I sorry i couldn't get to this last week yeah <laughs> like but that's how it feels man you nailed it with that so yes yes indeed um coming very very soon the utsa's class of 2041 well, I guess that's whenever he'll start at UTSA, right? 18, 23, 41, 2041, he'll get to UTSA. Man. Man, dude. Some big numbers, dude. There'll be a couple hundred players in UTSA's Hall of Fame by then. So Ooh, good good segue. <laughs> Future segue, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, first podcast for a while with like probably the longest break from the pod in a minute, man. We, we really got into the swing of things over the past like two years. We're pumping out podcasts left and right, but uh, I had to go on my honeymoon. Obviously Adrian's preparing for his newborn. So I hope you guys didn't miss us too much, but we, uh, we got some decent news to, to cover and, uh, and pump through here. I'm excited. Jared, 
back from his Mediterranean excursion <laughs> through Greece. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Aegean Sea. I mean, just tremendous, man. Uh, looked like truly a dream vacation. Yeah, it definitely was, man. Uh, trip of a lifetime for sure. And, you know, hopefully more more to come. But, uh, you know, if that's my lone trip to Europe, I, I got to be pretty satisfied with it. When I was there, I was like feeling like good about myself. I'm like, damn, I'm the first person in my family to go back to Europe, go back to the motherland where wow. our ancestors. Not not that I'm Greek, but, you know. Right. The old world, nevertheless. Yeah, right? the old yeah. world, right, whatever. Uh, the I was like showing my aunt the pictures and she's talking about her trip to London. And I was like, damn, so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> but no one in my nuclear family had okay. ever left the continent. Right. I think the furthest my parents went were Canada. I've been to Costa Rica furthest before Greece, but yeah, it was cool, man. Very, very enriching for sure. And it was great, man. We had a great time. The man of culture. Man. You know, I'm I'm like anytime I like disconnect for a long time, I'm like really worried like some massive news is gonna drop. And I guess it's like it wasn't too, anything too crazy. Like Handful of commits and transfers. Yes. Sakari, we find out, you know, what the conclusion of that is, which we're going to talk about here. Athletics Hall of Fame. Outside of that, you know, nothing nothing too major. I was, like, really worried that baseball would go on a miracle run and, like, go to Omaha and stuff, and I wouldn't get to enjoy any of that. But, yeah. Yeah, relax didn't a bit. happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. Tough ending for that. Yeah. Well, before we get started, I want to right off the bat, thank our Patreon subscribers for continuing to support us here at Alamo Audible and enjoy all the special bonus content that they get, as well as discount on our new merchandise store. Mm. Shout out to Jorge Garza and Eric Fernandez for joining us in the Insider Tier. Thank you, as always, to our big money donors, Ben Tobar, Rick Cortez of Rowdy Road Grillers, The Bunch Family, Zach Espericueta on the San Antonio Podcast Network, The Fikes Family. And our board of trustees members, Digitique, John Alwell, Lino Perez of Los Dos Ready Tailgating, Gary and Ruben representing the UTSA Bird Gang Tailgate, mm. Ray Redding and Meet Me Peril, Brandon Grell and the Grill Realty Group, and Andy Elizalde and Proficient Benefit Solutions. And I can't, I, I can't lie, Jared, you reading off the, uh, the tailgate groups in June, it hits different. Like you're, you're ready to... As much as I won't be in the Alamo Dome parking lots this year with a newborn, <laughs> like I am so amped. <laughs> Dude, it's time to start making season preparations. All my friends talk about like buying their flights and their tickets for all these away games. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I need, to, right. I need to get in the ball. But That's I've been right. consumed with the honeymoon stuff. I haven't had a chance to do all that yet. But yeah, start making your away game preparations. Start ordering your gear. Yes. Start getting the tailgate in order. I see the tailgate guys are they're looking at new tents, right? They're yeah. New cool yeah. coolers and, and get right. cool stuff, right? Like, yeah, I, I saw Yeti yeah. dropped uh, a new blue, like ice bucket thing. Oh you know, yeah, they got a blue and orange colorway out there. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I, it, it's building. It's building. The snowball yes. starting, brother. From yeah, now, on, I'm, I'm planning to start some AAC content as well. You know, we haven't really. Stepped our foot too much into that world yet. Um, but I, I want to have some AAC folks on the pod. Um, I got invited to join a couple while I was away, but it like the time zone difference made it really tough to schedule stuff. Um, so stay tuned, stay tuned. We're gonna get you guys ready for the season, ready for the new conference and all of that. Um, but unfortunately, UTSA been missing a uh, pretty big contributor once the season rolls around. Ooh. And uh, you know, we we talked about 
Zakari going to the transfer portal on the last episode, but we didn't have the finality. You know, there was still that glimmer of hope that maybe he would stick around one more year in San Antonio, but it's not to be the case. Coach Trailer was tweeting out the realize, realize, realize tweets. We was that like, about oh, Zakari? What's he mean? What's he mean? Oh, oh that's what, okay, we, were, okay. we were all freaking out about it, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. Bon voyage and best of wishes to Zakari in his endeavors in the SEC pinnacle of collegiate football competition. They're an Ole Miss Rebels, baby. Yeah, it's it's kind of a full circle, right? Because like I've just heard so many rumors about Zakari for months now, man. Like crazy. And like one of the first things I heard was like Ole Miss looks like throwing a bag as a Kari, right? Like, you know, yeah. six figures, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, like either he's really loyal or like that's just not true. Because like, I think so many of the NIL things out there are just total BS. Right? Oh yeah, like, smoke and mirrors, dude. Yeah. I think in even a lot of cases, I think guys are getting told one thing and actually getting paid another. And I think a lot of stuff is just total FUD. Yeah. Um, but you know, sure enough, I guess it materialized. Seems like there was some academic things going on, which might have prevented him from transferring earlier. Right. Um, that's why he stuck around. You think I think like to the end of the transfer portal window, and and even then he was still in San Antonio for a while. You know, we'd see pictures of him on social media, hanging out with guys and all of that. But it's Finn, it's done. We wish him the best. I want to see Zakari balling out in the SEC. I hmm. don't want to see Rebels fans throwing up the Z. That's going to hurt. Yeah. That's going to hurt. When I see the damn student section with yeah. the stars and bars throwing freaking Zs up, come on. That's going to hurt, dude. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. But Zakari yeah. will ball in Ole Miss. How do we like, um, like the, the, potential of Zakari with Ole Miss's offense. And I know you know you'll pay attention to a whole lot of SEC football, right? But based on the construction of it, do you think that this is a great destination for Zakari not to only be good, but be on a team that's gonna make a run that can win some games and you know go to a good bowl, maybe even make a, a a jump at the CFP. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, th- I think Ole Miss is a solid team. I don't think they're expected to compete for the SEC championship or anything, but right. I think like Lane Kiffin's offensive mindset is going to be great for Zakari. You know, he's, mm. he can get open against anyone in the country. Like he's shown that against all kinds of competition. Right. I think his health is probably going to be a factor. He was banged up all the time at UTSA and, you know, he's, he's a really slight guy. Right. So What's that going to look like when he's getting hit by SEC defenders, you know, 200 pound cornerbacks, um, you know, not, not only in games, but also in practice, you know, going against SEC defenders every day. And um, so I think the health is the biggest question mark for him. And I think that's also why he probably wanted to go chase the money. Right. Right. Um, because I think that it's pretty fair concern that like maybe his shelf life is like a little limited and that he's played a lot of football. He's had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So when you get the chance to get a lot of money when you can, and you're not sure where the future holds, you you got to go for it. You know, it's hard to hard to hold that against anyone for sure. Mm -hmm. It'd be one thing if he was, 
leaving for 30 K. Right. But you know, some of the numbers here for Ole Miss are, are quite high. Right. So, right. Um, probably like life changing amount of money. Right. Well, and it goes back to the conversation we were having whenever the, the transfer portal was first announced for him, right. That it was probably a, mostly a monetary decision rather than a wanting to leave the program decision. Mm-hmm. But UTSA San Antonio's pockets are only so deep right now. And mm-hmm. we went all the way to the bottom of those pockets to pay Frank Harris Frank. for his, right. for his 15th year Which, at UTSA. So I, I think we talked about that podcast, but I still think that's a hundred percent the right decision. Really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was the right decision, but you know, there's no more wealth to spread around the rest of UTSA's players when we're talking about six digits here, you know? Right. And right. so if there's another guy that's, if you, if you have two six digit players on your roster, but you only have enough NIL money to pay one of them, the other one's got to go get his money elsewhere and you can't be mad at that. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Sakari made the right decision. I think UTSA made the right decision paying Frank and uh, look, we still have a stable of wide receivers behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. It's not like Zakari was the only target going downfield. JT looks very healthy. <laughs> very, very healthy. I hope he's ready to Strangely healthy. It's unbelievable, man. <laughs> what a freak, man. A freak, a robot. <laughs> I mean, the Terminator. Like, what is going uh, on? No. <laughs> I know. I know. No kidding. Last thought yeah. on this, you know, you made a good point about the, the Ole Miss. Uh, fraternity boys throwing up the Z. Oh, God. But what's going to hurt the most is uh, him on Monday Night Football calling out Ole Miss and not UTSA. Mm, that that mm-hmm. is brutal. That mm-hmm. is brutal. That is brutal. Right, because he, and he's not a grad transfer either, right? Nope. His diploma, his ring, everything. No, he did, not, he did not graduate from UTSA. The only people that will know will be the Roadrunners. Mm. Oh, brother, that is so brutal. I read an article a couple months ago. It was was like right over the draft, and it was like, why were there so few G5 players drafted? And it's not that there weren't G5 players drafted. It's that G5 players finished their careers at P5 schools. Right. They got drafted. That's right. And whenever, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that hurts, man. That really hurts. That's a huge bummer. Chris Collingsworth might make a passive comment about yeah. UTSA. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky. <laughs> right, right. You got to be really deep in it. You know? Oh, man. Dude. Yeah. But best of luck to Z. Best mm-hmm. of luck to Z. We love you. Sure. Always remember you here, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of the NFL draft, we didn't see any Roadrunners get drafted this year, which, you know, well, I don't think was a huge surprise to anyone, really. Um, it's kind of a – because so many guys came back, it's kind of a weaker class, I guess, overall. Some good players in there, but not any that were, you know, surefire day two, third round type of guys. Uh, but thankfully, a lot of those former road winners are seeking out and earning professional opportunities elsewhere. Uh, probably the biggest success story that we've seen so far is Corey Mayfield, who has signed an undrafted free agent contract with the Ravens. Beautiful. And I think I read that the Ravens are going to let one of their cornerbacks walk. Um, so it sounds like he's going to have the opportunity through uh, fall camp to, you know, play for a spot on that roster. And if not, you know, sounds like he's pretty much going to be a lock for their practice squad and, 
uh, you know, we'll see how his career develops, but he's definitely got his foot firmly in the door there well, in Baltimore. You love the historical greatness of the Ravens defense, right? Going to a going to a legacy defense like that. Uh, of course, they've been, you know, riding the heels of Lamar's success as of recent, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I really like it for Corey Mayfield and it's a great move for him. Mm-hmm, definitely. A um, couple of guys got invitations to mini camps, Clifford Chapman yes. uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I still stand by my take that Chapman's got his best ball ahead of him. You know, yeah. if he, if he continues to get a chance and teams are willing to let him develop, I think he can be a really, really strong player, um, especially on special teams as well. Just so physically gifted. Uh, Ahufi Tamaka not only got an invitation to the Giants minicamp, but he also has a spot in the XFL as he was drafted by our hometown Houston Roughnecks. Let's go. Roughneck Nation. Let's lady. go. <laughs> oh, man. Where where are the Brahmas? You know, I saw, I think Scott Bailey had a tweet where he's like, what are the, why are the Brahmas drafting these UTSA guys? Man? It's ass, bro. It's ass. There were no UTSA players on the Brahmas last season. Yep. Which already kind of ticked me off. And then this season, still no love. For the local heroes, I mean, the commanders were built on the Roadrunners, bro. And and now, Brahmas ain't showing us no love. And and this is after, you know, Heinz Ward attended our live podcast show. We got to shake his hand and shoot the shit with him. And, and where is the love, brother? I mean, it's the same stadium. It's the same city. Come on. I'm sure some guys will want to wind up on the roster, you know, this second season, at least like, not as draftees. I don't know how the roster management works for the XFL, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time until some guys pop up there. But but yeah, I mean, mm. I agree. It, it is kind of lame to see former UTSA guys having success in the XFL on, on different teams. Yeah. That are not San Antonio, but yeah, whatever. Um, and then lastly, oh, by the way, I guess with Maka, he'll probably go to the Giants minicamp. And then depending how that goes, right. end up with the Roughnecks or on an NFL practice squad somewhere, right? Mm. That's the way I imagine it goes down. Um, and then lastly, Jared Sackett with the Broncos minicamp. Um, Jared's already got a live leg, but you put him up in Mile High Stadium, that ball will be flying, man. <laughs> flying. <laughs> so I hope he does well. I hope he does well as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think another guy that could probably end up on an XFL roster as well, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Their tag is reliable enough to get that honor. Mm-hmm. I think so. But I I really like the the idea of you know being able to go to a mini camp, give it your all, but you've got that landing spot yeah. in your back yeah. pocket. I mean, that's great for Ahu Fitumaka because the Roughnecks already drafted him. And so mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, you can go play for the Houston Roughnecks. And I think like that's going to alleviate the the stress and the pressure of having to perform at minicamp. Maybe he can play a little more loose and a little more comfortable and be playing his best football rather than being all in his head. You know, from a psychology standpoint, putting myself in these guys' shoes, and maybe it's different because I'm not an elite athlete, but if I were in Deidre Taylor's shoes or if I was in Clifford Chapman's shoes, I would have that seed of doubt in my head right of like why keep working out i need to go find a real job i need to get into coaching i need to go be a ga somewhere right i think it's really really hard to combat that i mean like it's like being in a job hunt 
for a normal person, right? You go three months without an offer and you're like, I need to change careers or something. Well, it's not working, right? Get a bartending gig or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you got to pay the yeah. bills. You got to pay the bills, man. Yeah, bro. And uh, so I, I think it'll really help Maka to go in knowing that, okay, I already have this fallback option. I'm kind of playing with house money here. Just going to go out and give it my all, keep working out the way I have been and uh, know that I got a paycheck headed my way one way or the other. I, I, I think that's a much more advantageous position to be in. I know, like they always say, like it's always best to interview for jobs when you already have a job, right? I think it's a lot that's harder. Right. That's right. That's especially right. Especially from a negotiation standpoint, right? It's like, you'd be like, here's my number. If you can't beat it, I'm not taking it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not lying, right? Um, so, you know, great to see. I always thought Maka had the best shot of having an NFL career from this class. Um, so yep, it's great, great. He's got XFL locked up, and you know, the centers can last a long time in the league, you know. So, who knows? Maybe he does five years in the XFL and gets picked up NFL. I think we're gonna see a lot of guys do that. Well, that was that gonna be my question for you, Jared, is what about this? You know, like, wh- where where's the order of priority? Like, how how far up do you need to be on an NFL roster to warrant you not going and being a starter in the XFL? Like, I think if you're on the practice squad, that's better than being in the XFL. I would I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I think monetarily they're probably close, mm-hmm. but you're not going to miss out on XFL opportunity because you're on a practice squad. You know, that's what I mean? right. you see a lot of guys do both because it's fall and spring. Oh yeah, true, true. Didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, you're yeah, a hotter I commodity mean, in the XFL. If you're on that practice squad, you can get pulled up to the active roster. At any moment, right? So yeah, it, it it's not that you have to pick one or the other, but I think being on the practice squad is more prestigious. It's a big yeah. accomplishment. Okay. Okay. Wow, man. Well, best of luck to our roadrunners in the NFL and XFL. Our roadrunners yeah, no going kidding. pro. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, I, I had a lot more fun following the XFL uh, in the USFL, knowing that there are UTSA guys in there doing their thing. Definitely. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we're going to hit a quick cumbia break. And then we come back. We're going to talk about the UTSA Sports Hall of Fame, which I'm really excited about. Hey, ladies and gents, before we get back to the podcast, I do want to make an exciting announcement. Thanks to our partnership with Republic of Football Podcast, we're pleased to announce a new affiliate partner on the podcast, and that is none other than the good brand of Homefield Apparel. Oh my God, Alamo Audible working with Homefield Apparel, that's crazy. As many of you guys know, yes, tragically, Homefield Apparel does not yet carry any UTSA branded merchandise, which we bemoan on a weekly basis, and we hope that'll change in the future. But until then, Homefield does make terrific gifts for the Aggies in your life, the Longhorns in your life, uh, a lot of schools in Texas. I know for myself, a friend just recently graduated from AM and we got her a Homefield Apparel t-shirt to celebrate her accomplishment. And with my wife being an LSU alumnae, 
Uh, we spend way too much money on home field apparel stuff for the Tigers. But the good news is you can use our promo code UTSA once home field to get 15% off your first order. Or if you're already a customer of home fields, you'll get 10% off any order and they'll kick back a little money our way for supporting the podcast and for supporting home field. Uh, maybe if you use that coupon code a whole lot, home field will uh, see the market demand and pump out some UTSA stuff. Uh, now I think it's a little bit more complicated situation than that, but nonetheless, I hope you guys will check out their selection and thanks to home field. Thanks to Dave Campbell's uh, for putting us together and uh, getting us working together. Uh, if you want to sponsor the podcast or you want advertising on our website, anything like that, be sure to contact us on our website and we'll work something out. So be sure to use UTSA once home field. Once again, when you check out at home field apparel and uh, enjoy some that awesome, awesome selection, t-shirts, jackets, hats, all kinds of stuff. And uh, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get back to the rest of the podcast as Adrian and I go through the UTSA athletics hall of fame rules, expectations, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys in just a second. All right, folks, we're back to wrap up this episode with a topic that uh, I think a lot of people didn't realize they needed in their life was the UTSA Athletics Hall of Fame. I've been chatting about it with some friends saying, we know this, this is something that needs to happen, right? A lot of schools, even non-Power 5 schools have Hall of Fames and Rings of Honor and, and all those things for, for their sure. programs, right? Division two schools have it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure. Any school with a history has, has incorporated it. Absolutely. Right. And I think right now is the perfect time for UTSA to set this up. So uh, this year will be the inaugural class of the UTA, the UTSA Athletics Hall of Fame. Doesn't roll off the tongue super easily. A lot of, a lot of syllables there. A lot of letters. A lot of letters. <laughs> Get this through 42 years of division one competition, which kind of goes over my head too. I didn't realize we had yeah. been at the division one caliber for that long. And when you, when you hear the eighties, people from our generation, you're always like, that was 20 years ago. That was 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's like, Oh hell. It's like, yeah. Like I was just watching. I love the eighties on VH one, you know? And uh, yeah, it's all, it's all very relative, but. What's that one? It's like people are always like, if uh, they were to make uh, Days and Confused in 2023, like the year that it would be looking back to, it would be like 97 or like that. Oh, wild. What a hell of a movie that would be. Oh, man. It's true, though. It's true. Yeah, the 80s are almost half a century ago. Yeah. And oh, God, I almost threw up when you said that. Dude, yeah. No kidding. You were born in the. No, you were born in. No, I was 90, born in 91. 91. Yeah. Okay. I'm 92. My sisters are both born in the 80s, early mm-hmm. 80s. So, yeah, it hits a little bit harder for them. So, 42 years, Jared, NCAA Division one, 13 years of, well, I guess 13, 12, 12 years going into the 13th year of having football. Um, one of those would have been in D1. I guess we weren't division one our very first year in football. UTSA Athletics has 80, 80 conference championships. Holy cow. 60 NCAA team postseason appearances and over 50 All Americans. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. I'd imagine a lot of that is from like the track and field. 
I think so. I'm going to assume they have the largest concentration of those accolades when we're talking about uh, I would guess they have three and all Americans. 75%. Definitely more than half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's a rich history. It's a rich history of athletics. And uh, after 42 years, we certainly have enough guys that have earned. And girls. That's right. Guys and girls that have earned immortality <laughs> at UTSA in the version of a beautiful plaque on a wall somewhere in the Roadrunners Athletic Center of Excellence. This is like meta commentary, but it's like cool and weird to hear words like immortality thrown around when it comes to UTSA because like <laughs> when like guys like us were looking at UTSA, like it was cool that UTSA didn't have like this big history and legacy because it's like you can build your own, right? Like we're, like, we're kind of building this thing from scratch um, and now it's been built. Now we have a Hall of Fame. Like that's cool. That's cool to me. I think it's, it's like weird. And it's a dude, mind shift change. But. Dude, uh, uh, the, the reason why I chose UTSA was because I had the opportunity to be on the very first drumline right. marching band in UTSA history. For the Is this your first... pitch to get into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Is Sosa eligible? Let me find <laughs> out. Yo, come on, dude. There's a couple of, there's a couple of, uh, of band directors. And, uh, and I'm going to have to go through this criteria real close, real fun. Uh, administrator role at UTSA would qualify you. Dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Dude. Uh, incredible man yeah i mean that was that was the selling point was it was that you got to write that utsa history yourself and mm-hmm. and now we're here and it's been written you know and and now it's to use the word again going to be immortalized and so it, it really is incredible man and it's a crazy thing that you bring that up because it, it totally is full circle so we have that history now and speaking of hall of fame criteria jared let's go through the criteria that UTSA has established, yeah, the minimum guy, standards. We're we're talking about this before we start recording, and I think that that's the most interesting part of the discussion is like the yes. criteria and what that actually means and why they set those rules and all. Like that to me, that's that's really interesting. And there's like a couple of bullet points in this criteria that is very particular, very <laughs> yes. specific in its terminology, and it makes uh-huh. us kind of wonder. Hmm. Is that geared at a certain someone or something? Or is that uh-huh. just damage uh-huh. control for future? Uh, it's probably a bit of both, right? So, yeah. So, okay. The nominee, we can already talk about the first point. The nominee must <laughs> be an individual. Like okay. that criteria alone is five words. And I feel like we could talk about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so to I, me i think that the number one reason you have this here is to prevent putting a whole team in together like just this is not a real example but like the 1989 women's basketball team won the conference championship the way the hall of fame is set up you don't have a plaque for that if there was right. one player on that team who averaged 20 points 10 assists per game you vote her in Right. And she gets honored. Right. But you're not honoring the whole team with a plaque or whatever. Right. Right. The the 2021 and 2022 back to back CUSA championship UTSA football teams won't get a blanket. In. Yeah. And let me just like you, you should you have a trophy for that. It sits in a trophy case and you, you have honor a banner with the trophy. There's right. A banner. It's already been immortalized. And yeah. I 100 I percent agree with this. I love this rule. 
because I do think the Hall of Fame should be more of a individual accolade. And I do think that what you just said, that trophy is already in existence. That banner is already draped from the from the rafters. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's already been immortalized. Right. You've got that recognition. That team, that whole team already gets their recognition. But the Hall of Fame, that's got to be an individual accolade because there's bench warmers on that team that don't deserve to be thrown into the Hall of Fame. You know, there's some water boys on those teams that don't deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. They were part of that team. They were part of that championship. Great. They get that banner. They get that trophy. They get the ring. But the Hall of Fame, I totally agree with this bullet point, Jared. It, there has to be a degree of excellence for everyone that's involved here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I think the counterpoint, I mean, not a counterpoint, but maybe like the outcome of it is you can't be like the original 18 for football are all in the Hall of Fame together on a plaque. Another point that I absolutely agree with. Another point that I wholeheartedly agree with. And that's not a slide at the original 18. But there's maybe two or three Hall of Fame guys that are on the original 18. If that, maybe zero. Damn. If you're only putting, will will they get like five people a year? I mean, dude, I'm. Are they capping the classes? I thought I thought I read that somewhere. Am I wrong? I think I read that somewhere too, but I don't see that on the criteria. Yeah, I'm not and then press release. Uh, no, the press release doesn't necessarily indicate that either. Okay. Yeah, I don't. For I have it in my head that they were going to do like five a year, but I might have got that confused with. The no, I think you're right though. I think we saw that somewhere. I really do. Yeah. Because if you're saying we're only going to have, you know, five uh, inductions a year for both men and women over like what fourteen varsity sports and administrators, I think a lot of those guys are not getting in ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the names on that list; they were all just role players, minus Cam Jones, David Glasgow, Sean Ayano is a you know he he had a lot of clout as a place kicker, but not many guys that are going to meet all the criteria that were about a list for sure no, the rest the rest of those guys are contributors you know and and again no slide on the original 18 but what you mm-hmm. said jared is that the, the individual the individual has to have had excellence yeah right must possess noteworthy career highlights comma records and achievements I also want to point out that this is a Hall of Fame. This is not a museum. <gasps> if we were doing a UTSA football museum, you would have a whole exhibit Wing. for oh, the, yeah. yeah for the original eighteen, yeah, right? That's, that's the history of it, but it's not like the outstanding excellence of Marcus Davenport. Like the, those are two different things in my head. It's correct. It's, it's an essential chapter in the foundation, which which was integral, and it was excellent in itself Mm -hmm. but the individual excellence on a player level that's what constitutes hall of fame and so i don't think there should be any blanket submissions i think this is another really really good rule um and yeah and then the nominee must possess noteworthy career highlights and so i think that's that 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 other bullet point gives it even more distinction 
You can't just throw a whole team in there. Okay. Nominee may be living or deceased. Sure. Nominee must be five years removed from their student athlete coaching or administrator role at UTSA. I love this rule. Love it. If anything, I would say make it 10 years. Oh, we're just not old enough to do that. We're not old enough. We're not old enough to do that. If we would have started athletics in like the 50s, then I would say 10 years. Um, But I love the forced recency bias uh, suppression. Yes, yes. Erase the recency recency bias. It has to be removed. Mm -hmm. Extremely healthy thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. Someone said, like, if Frank Harris is not in the first class, what's the point? But give it time. If he deserves it, he gets in. No brainer. No brainer. But how how do they do it in baseball? There's a waiting period for baseball, right? What do you mean? Uh, Like, say you're like, I don't know, Jose Altuve, and you're trying to get into Cooperstown. They don't like oh, vote you in. Yes, there is. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think most professional Hall of Fames have a a, a a gap of minimum years that has to pass. Right. And before you're even a, on a ballot. Yeah. There's a lot of athletes that, like, when they were here, I would be like, oh, they need to have their number retired. And then, you know, five years rolls around. You're like, oh, this person actually doesn't hold any records <laughs> at UTSA. They didn't win. A championship they didn't compete in any national tournament or anything they were just fun to watch you okay know what I'm saying? okay let me throw a name out there that okay. i think is perfect for this uh-huh. josiah tawafa yep amazing yep. to watch loved it if he graduates the next year everyone is screaming yep josiah to the hall of fame josiah yep. to the hall of fame yep probably doesn't deserve to be in it right agreed Great example. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So, Josiah, if you're listening, sorry. I'm sorry, Josiah. We love you. We love watching you. But like the hometown hero guy who uh-huh. loved him and he was great, uh-huh. but didn't quite get to that level of recognition, records, achievements, right? The accolades. Got to have the resume. Got to have the resume. Got to have the skins on the wall. Two other scenarios I can think of as well is I think that for players, those five years after you can see what the professional career looks like. Cause after five years, you're going to know if they're going to have a pro career or not in pretty much every scenario. Right. Uh, but I think for the administrators also imagine a world where there's a really beloved administrator at UTSA and want to put them into the hall of fame. And then they go take the job at UT Austin or whatever. We hate him forever. Screw over UTSA. <laughs> I think with a five-year gap decreases the odds of like some awkward hostility yes. set again. Yes. You know what I mean? And the, and by that time, the fan base is looking back and appreciating everything that that guy yeah. brought to the program or the yeah, institution. Hope so. Yeah. Hope so. so absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So five years removed. I think that's fair. And then also Jared, you know, we've got a lot of catching up to do like, you got 42 years of yeah. people that need to get into the Hall of Fame. And if you're only doing five per year, 
we need to get a lot of those old historic UTSA athletes into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. before we start bringing in yeah, athletes it, of the 2020s. Like names, even that like quote unquote experts like you and I don't know. Yes. Right. That we need to know about because they need to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Absolutely. And I'm hoping and I'm so glad you just said this because it just came into my head. I am hoping that this UTSA Sports Hall of Fame shines light on those lost legends of Mm -hmm. the past of yesteryear yep i got to utsa in 2011 i don't know a damn thing about 90s utsa athletics 2000s utsa athletics 80s utsa i'm seeing uh older alumni's uh prospect list for the inaugural class i don't recognize a single name you're like who is this besides the guys that were on the football team you know and yeah (laughs) tevin gives it's like I, i i i can't even like give uh, a commentary on it i'm unqualified to right and so i bet things i think there's a lot of utsa students and alumni that that feel that way that they don't know a lot about of our athletics history Mm -hmm. and so i'm hoping that through the social media and the unveiling and the plaques you know we get to see some of those old highlight reels and stat lines and pictures i hope they maintain like a story of these athletes oh yeah absolutely get in there and see the whole profile and read the timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. And it even go more detailed than you would see like on the plaque if you were to go in person. Right. Right. You can actually see the whole story and, and maybe even watch some stuff, you know, and, and I think that would really, really be cool, man, to, mm-hmm. to give the fan base more of a sense of that history because we all feel like our history just started. Yeah. And we have a lot of it, clearly. We just don't really right. know about it. So, so, so we've got to unearth it. We've got to, we've got to unearth those ruins of Acropolis, of UTSA's Acropolis. <laughs> nice, uh, nice tie back there. I think also it helps, like, when you bring in recruits on visits and you can show them, you know, mm. your name can be up here someday for any sport. You yeah. know, and it's super cool. Um, I think it also helps. I'm sure there's like negative recruiting out there. of like, oh, UTSA is a young program. They don't have any history, blah, 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 blah. But then when you come on your visit and you see that, you're like, oh, actually, you know. Actually. It's all the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much love that. Okay. So let's dive into like the sub bullet points here for the noteworthy career highlights, records, and achievements. Let's go. Student athlete must have earned at least one varsity letter at UTSA. A grad mm-hmm. transfer could qualify. It's kind of interesting. I think that's debatable. I think requiring more than one year might have been a defensible position. Oh, dude. Yeah, because coaches and administrators have to have worked at UTSA for at least two years. Yeah. That's their rule for coaches and administrators. Why isn't that a rule for athletes? I don't feel like even if the guy is the greatest player on the team, just for one season, you're warranted a spot in the university's hall of fame you're only here for one single year it doesn't feel like a long enough duration like you have to have like some sort of like a a time span here a career at utsa it would have to be such an extreme case like a heisman winner yeah (laughs) you know yeah and i think most of the people are going to qualify for that one year it's going to be a lot of what we described with like josiah right it was kind of like a flash in the pan almost kind of moment Right, right. I don't know. It's it's just really hard for the picture. Someone's going to get in with one year. I don't think a lot of people really understand the way that varsity letters work on a collegiate level. Yeah. 
How the hell does a college athlete get a varsity letter? People think high school when they hear varsity. I, I think it's a really like unknown part of college athletics is varsity letters. Part of the reason why it's unknown, it's 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 a mess and it differs, I think, from school to school. Okay. So for, for football, UDSA publishes their list of letter winners and the media mm-hmm. guide every year. Um, so once that hits in August, I go in and I update my my list of like all-time letter winners. I think the way that UTSA does it is like you have to appear in three games or four games or something like that. Maybe it's less. I don't know. But you have you you can't just be a scholarship player on the roster. You have to actually participate in competition. So like if you're a red shirt, you're not a letter winner. You have to be in the game. You have to be play, you have to play an X amount of games. Yeah. And you have to be a scholarship athlete? No. Okay. I think I think you can walk on and be a letter winner, I think. But if you play an X amount of games, you get that letter. I think so. Whatever that number is. That is my understanding. Okay. Okay. So student athletes must have earned at least one varsity letter at UTSA. Coaches slash administrators must have worked at UTSA for at least two years. Bullet point number three, sub point number three. Achieved recognition on the conference, regional, national, or international level. And then they actually have another sub sub point to sort of define (laughs) what quote unquote recognition achieved recognition specific examples of athletic recognitions would be all conference all american national regional or conference award i'm assuming this includes like conference player of the weeks national champion ncaa national qualifier medalist or champion olympic qualifier medalist or champion school conference or national record holder i don't see anything on here about like the Bolinikov, something like that. Would that be, I guess, like a national award? Right? I think that would be a national award. Yeah, national award. Yeah. 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 National regional conference award. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think so. So recognition is essentially getting a record or achieving uh or yeah getting like a, a getting a postseason recognition getting a record postseason recognition or getting some sort of award to bestowed to you from outside of UTSA it, yeah it has to be an external recognition right. right 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 or you break a school record get an external recognition yeah that's all fine I, yeah I don't really have any notes on this one no I don't have any notes on this one I think that I think that is very very much good for recognition okay so then back to the big points we did a shift tab here pull us back a, a sub bullet point a coach or administrator nominee's success and significant contributions must have reached and remained at the pinnacle of his or her field and or have had a profound impact on the university what the hell is this one? There's a lot know, of gray area. Here. <laughs> this is so great. Um, it says that your success must have been at the pinnacle of your field. So, like, if it's so like only the best coach in the in the country gets to, gets to get to the UTSA Hall of Fame, I don't know. When, when I first read this bullet point, like when the press release first went out. 
Um, I think I was sitting on a toilet in Santorini. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Those lamb kebabs. Huh? Oh, man. Boy. Uh, but uh, jokes aside, when I first read this, I interpreted it as it's not just a celebrity that came to UTSA. They had to become known through their contributions at UTSA. But now that we're rereading it, I don't think that's the way I'm reading it now. As an example, uh, yeah, as an example, Larry Coker is known for what he did at UTSA at UTSA. It's not just because he was the former coach of Miami. Like if Larry Coker would have been our second coach, Larry Coker probably does not make the Hall of Fame. But because he's the first coach, he certainly does. But I'm not sure if that's what this rule is trying to clarify. I don't know what this rule is trying to clarify. Success and significant contributions must have reached and remained at the pinnacle of his or her field. So, so like you couldn't have a, so like you can't have a fall from grace. Yeah. Get, so so like, as an example, like if Jeff trailer took the Missouri job and, you know, got canned in three years of Missouri, he's not making the hall of fame. Like that's kind of the way that I'm reading this. Cause it says remain at the pinnacle of his field. And then it says, and or have had a profound impact on the university. I think that and or probably should just be an or. Or like, because, okay, because the way that I read it is not if he goes to Missouri and shits the bed and gets fired. The way I read it is UTSA wins back-to-back CUSA championships, and then we get into the AAC and we shit the bed. Oh. He did not remain at, oh. he did not remain at the pinnacle. Okay. He reached okay. it and then we had this fall from grace. And now UTSA is six and six and five and seven and five yeah. and seven and four and eight. Okay. okay. So now you're no longer allowed to go into the Hall of Fame, even though you won two conference championships prior to that. I, I think what you're describing is probably right, but I think they probably could have worded this better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think it should say reach and remain at the pinnacle of his or her field while employed at the university. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's say that is what they're saying. Do we yes. agree with that? I say but, no. I say no, because if you have a coach who wins a national championship and ends up having to get fired or Gary Patterson at TCU did not remain in the pinnacle of his field. Beautiful example. At TCU. There's no way in hell you have a Hall of Fame at TCU without Gary Patterson in there. So, no, I don't think I agree with this one. But I don't I, agree with it is, at all. This is so ambiguously worded. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters. We're going to need some clarification on this UTSA athletics. Yeah, I do. I do like the profound impact on the university, though. I think that's a good rule because yes. if a coach, if a coach comes in and does his or her two, three years here, does a fine job, gets a better job elsewhere and becomes Nick Saban. I don't think we're we don't, I don't think we owe that person a spot in the Hall of Fame because they used UTSA as a stepping stone. Right. Right. They just came in there, did their job, did what they were supposed to do, kept moving. Right. But a guy like up. Coach Trailer who comes in, turns the entire program around, wins two conference championships, but then by you know 2026, he's getting canned after two, three, and nine seasons. He's now not supposed to go into the hall of fame like it, it, it is such a like variable situation I mean, every case is going to be different i feel like this rule does not 
disqualify or qualify anyone really no i <laughs> know it's so <laughs> abstract so much gray area so yeah. okay the only coach- thing i can think of is like a coach came to utsa and they were fine and then after their time at utsa they became a celebrity of some sort but they didn't have a profound like they didn't win big at utsa they didn't do anything that hasn't been done already like if Larry Coker's career happened in the opposite, if he started at UTSA. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we had an eight and four season. Cool. And then he yeah. went to the national championship at Miami. Yeah. 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 He doesn't go to UTSA Hall of Fame. Right. right? Like yeah. if Frank Wilson, like ends up getting the head coaching job at LSU. Yeah. And wins a national championship. He's not getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, he shouldn't. <laughs> right. He shouldn't. And he shouldn't. Right, 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 right. right. But <laughs> this case, these cases are be so rare. Like, it just barely happens. Which shout out to Larry Coker. He's on the ballot for the NCAA Hall of Fame yeah. this year. So very, very yeah. cool on that. Um, okay. So very much gray area in there. I, I, I can't stand the reached and remained at the pinnacle. So <laughs> the last bullet point. Oh, baby, this is the juiciest of the bullet points. Nominee must have good character and reputation. And not have been a source of embarrassment in any way to the University of Texas at San Antonio. Embarrassment must not have been a source of embarrassment. I feel like when they were first drafting this up, they just had that first fragment of the sentence. Nominee must have good character and reputation. And they were like, mm, we, need, we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more. Someone added that comma and. Someone, added that comma. Someone went into the Google Doc draft and like. And they didn't say portray the university in a negative light. They That's said, usually the language you see on this kind of stuff. Yeah. They said a source of embarrassment. Okay. So very, very, very evidently has the UTSA athletics felt embarrassed, disgraced, ashamed. Right of the actions and character of somebody that was involved with UTSA athletics once upon a time. That's the only reason why they would write that in there. UTSA athletics has had a pretty squeaky clean existence. Hmm. We've never been embroiled in a major scandal of any sort to my Hmm. knowledge. Right. Uh, We're kind of blessed in that sense. And I think speaks to the character of a lot of people that are going to get into this hall of fame. Uh, but I'm going to call this one the Romo rule. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Less abrazo, más trabajo, bro. Yes, the Romo rule indeed is what we are looking at here. Because, uh, man, embarrassment is such a strong word to use. It's so specific. This. So specific. What they could have put was nominee must have good character and reputation and must not be Ricardo Roma. <laughs> but I, I think the language here is solid because it like there could be an alumni that was never like arrested or anything like that, but just not someone that the university wants to put on a pedestal. Well, yeah. And then you go into like, look, there, there's a lot of different ways that this could be chopped up because it's off the field issues, obviously. Yeah. Right. If someone gets into legal trouble, if someone gets into a scandal of some sorts um, and and does this qualify as well as like the, the period of time after they graduate? Hell, we have. Oh, absolutely. We had. Uh, 
we had a, a, a very, very good defensive back commit murder after he graduated from UTSA. Michael Iguago. Michael Iguago, thank you. Egg. And like that is very much a source of embarrassment to the university. Mm-hmm. That would disqualify you from being at UTSA. But I also think it counts towards Diva, right? Like if we had a Terrell Owens type of player yeah. who was dude crushing uh, school records, conference records, you know, you know, like if, if Zakari Franklin was flipping water coolers on the bench, right? And flipping yeah. tables and, and yelling at guys in the huddle and yelling at guys. If he was like a locker room cancer, I think that also serves what this bullet point is talking about. If you have a guy who's just, you know, a total diva, unprofessional on the field, that's kind of embarrassing, right? We don't want that guy in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to name names, but I went to watch the men's tennis team compete in the conference championship. It was at Rice, right down the street from me here in Houston. And one of our players acted like such a freaking baby on the court that I was ashamed to be wearing UTSA merchandise. Embarrassed. And I, got, I was so embarrassed, man. So embarrassed. Um, and I was like, man, thank God, like <laughs> no one is seeing this. Because if this is like a football game and is nationally televised and someone representing our alma mater was acting that way. Oh, right. And, oh. and like, when I think of a diva, like I would use the example of Javon Jackson and like, he wasn't like necessarily a cancer, but he was very much a diva. I was never embarrassed by him, but I was like a little bit uh, disappointed in him more than once. Okay. And I would say, I don't think what Javon had ever got to the point that he would like hit this rule. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? don't think but- he it, that rule, but like, but like, that's like a, something that comes to mind. Like you have a player that's really, really excellent as far as stat line goes, mm-hmm. but not so excellent as like a teammate. As an ambassador of the university. As an ambassador of the university. Yeah. And, and how much does that ambassadorship mean here too? I think Hall of Fame should have some degree of that, right? Maybe it's not a bullet point, but I think like for people that are voting on it, the people that make these decisions, I think that's something that, certainly carries a lot of weight with who will be nominees when it comes to picking this guy or that guy. If this, if they have similar stat lines, but this mm-hmm. guy was more of an ambassador for the university, mm-hmm. he's going to get the nod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I think like anyone that's in the hall of fame should be someone that you could call, they'll pick up the phone and be like, Hey, like, can you make an appearance at this event? and your town or something like that and they'd be happy to do it right absolutely absolutely no no drama they're they're not going to be in any headline that's going to portray negatively right it's kind of a vibe check of sorts (laughs) they're proud of utsa though they represent it very well yeah right you know how sometimes uh people interview michelle beetle and she like kind of talks bad about utsa a little Mm. bit you know it's like are those people you really want to enshrine in a Hall of Fame? Are those the people that we want? Yeah, you know, and no hard feeling to Michelle. I mean, her experience is her experience. And like, you know, I don't want to, you know, diminish that or whatever. Like, you know, not every person that comes through the hills in Oak and Cedar should be expected <clears throat> to, you know, yeah. <laughs> live, live out certain characteristics or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think like, it's important that you take that in consideration for something like Hall of Fame. That's right. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Well, let's talk about the 
hall itself. Uh, what are your expectations for what this thing is going to look like, where it's going to reside, all of that good stuff? So I'm sure we're going to have plaques. I would yeah. love it if we did busts. Probably not going to happen. No way. Probably nowhere to put them. Very, very expensive. But plaques in the Roadrunners Athletics Center of Excellence in the race facility, there will be, I mean, it's going to start as a wall, right? Mm -hmm. We're only going to have a couple of nominees, but eventually I think it will grow into being a wing of sorts, or at least like a large, like a, a room, right? A, a foyer, a lobby or something where there's several walls of these plaques and these pictures and these accolades and all these moments that have occurred. And, 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 you know, you can maybe kind of immerse yourself in a uh, exhibit of sorts, you know, not a full fledged yeah. museum, but by any means, but I think there will be a really, really nice display exhibit that eventually comes to life. Right. For now, we're going to have plaques on the wall in the race facility. And that wall is going to be super, super dolled up with hall of fame on it and all this cool stuff on it. But I mean, you walk around the club level, the Alamo Dome, that is the quote unquote San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you weren't looking at the wall, whenever you're walking through the club level of the Alamo Dome, you would have no idea that that's the San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame. There's there's nothing like there, there there's no big sort of exhibit or, or sign. I mean, you have these it's, plaques. It's, it's not something that you buy an admission ticket to. And it's not something that you would notice if you weren't looking for it. Yeah. But I think in this case, you'll walk into the race and you'll see very, very clearly, this is the UTSA Hall of Fame. And so that'll be really, really cool. Um, I think uh, it was Bootleg Bentley, loyal podcast listener and a Patreon supporter who made the suggestion of replacing that area where the come and take it deal is at race, like right when you walk in the entranceway, mm -hmm. making that the Hall of Fame, I think would be tremendous. I would love that. Yeah, it's I love like, that. It's right there when you walk in. It's open to the public. Every recruit sees it. Every visitor first, sees it. Yeah, yes. first thing you see when you walk in. Um, and it's a lot of room. It's a lot of room to grow. Yeah. And I think you could even do like some kind of like... um Podium is not the right word, but, you know, mm. if you run out of space on the wall, you can have like little interactive things that come up from the floor, right? And put some more plaques and stuff on that and have kind of more of that exhibit feel as you walk through the room. I think yeah. that would be super killer. Yeah, you could have that lobby. Like when you walk into the race, you are in the San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame, which is cool, too, because mm -hmm. it doesn't take anything away from the race facility itself. It's just there in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah, but right. all of the race area stays concentrated for race things. You know what I mean? But you can have yeah. the display and everything in there. And then the current players, they can get in there and get to work and don't have mm -hmm. to worry about, you know, seeing the ghosts above them or people going in there just to look at the ghosts. Mm -hmm. And so it's a kind of a good separation of the old and the current. And uh, I, I love the fact that you walk in, you're immersed in that history, right? Rather than just, you know, our our marketing ploys that we've come with over the years. Yeah. I'm sure it, all the time people walk into the race and they're trying to meet a coach or, or someone like that. And they have to wait there for a little bit and gives them something cool. They can check out and learn a little bit of and oh, post absolutely. pictures and all that. Yeah. But I think long-term 
looking 30, 50 years out or whatever, it would be really cool to have like a dedicated building that could also serve like a museum function and have, you know, some historical items and oh yeah. and stuff like an original 18 exhibit or whatever, like, oh, the original football practice jersey that they borrowed from UTEP, you know, like that yeah. stuff would be super cool to see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but definitely not there yet. You know, you don't want to like have too low of a criteria where you're going to have some, <laughs> some kind of lame stuff in. Uh, but I think like long-term, you know, once like we're in our retirement and uh, maybe still doing the podcast or, or not, you know, I yes, think sir. growing towards something like that would be a, a, an awesome goal someday. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And very, very much could be something that happens, you know, it, it could be something that's like a quote unquote field house type of thing. Right. Where it's like, it's next yeah. to the, the new basketball stadium right. or the new right. football, uh, 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 the new baseball stadium or, or, or on campus football stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have that be right there. And so when people come to a game, they can get there a little bit early and walk through that, you know, if they get there earlier, mm -hmm. stay a little bit later and walk through that and see it. I love yeah. that. While we we're recording, I pulled up Arkansas State's Hall of Fame because that's like one G5 football program that I knew had their own um, athletics Hall of Fame. And it looks like theirs is like built into their basketball arena, I believe it was. And they they do four to five inaugurations each year. So pretty much okay. what we are describing for UTSA. Kind of the standard then it sounds like. Right. And they do have a website with like a bio for each person and a picture. So that's okay. Cool. And so what you're saying is instead of knocking down the convocation center, we just repurpose that building into a huge UTSA hall of fame, the whole combo, the historic combo, the combo HOF baby. I love that idea, Jared. I that, love that's it. a way bigger scale than I ever imagined, <laughs> but shoot for the stars, man. You'll land next to the moon or, or whatever they say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so, okay. The 42 years of UTSA athletics history is a little bit over our head for us to give like a legitimate inaugural class. I think, I think we would need an older alumni on this podcast to, to really get yeah, that justice. I, I can think of like maybe three people that I would trust to have a good answer on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when it comes to the players that uh, we do know, who are some people that come to mind for UTSA's Hall of Fame? And maybe it's not the in, the very, very first class. Maybe it is, if you yeah. want to specify. But these that, that should be in there. Well, I, I would have started on the administrator side, actually, because I think you have some easy slam dunks over there. I mm -hmm. think Lynn Hickey and Larry Coker get in the inaugural class. No brainer. No brainer, right. Um, and I, I would want both of them there in person for the opening of the hall of fame if, oh, if at all possible would that be lynn's first time back at utsa um i feel like she came to a football game but maybe i could be wrong i don't know man but for athletes uh monica gibbs comes to mind for women's basketball mm -hmm. i think gervin for men's basketball i'm i'm really partial to devin gibson but they're giving he, He's one of those guys I was talking about earlier where like he didn't he he didn't, I don't know his his resume is just thin enough where you could see like on a long enough timeline he he would be completely forgotten, right? But he was um, a cult hero here whenever he, he Yeah, yeah, very much. And you know, he got us into the March Madness tournament and 
I, I don't think he holds any records though. So I don't know. It's kind of tough. Um, outside of that, man, I don't know. I think Daniel Rocket for baseball is an All American. Okay. I agree with that. But who's the football player that gets into the inaugural class? Probably Sosa. Probably Sosa. Because I think Sosa can be like your kind of representation for those like first couple of teams, right? Yes. And then you can kind of do justice to the legacy of the original 18 and, and all that stuff, like without getting bogged down and having, you know, a whole wall dedicated to those first players. I don't think Davenport is five years removed yet. Okay. Probably not. I think he's only like four. This might yeah. be his four. This might be his fifth, but let's yeah. say he was, would you put Davenport in before you put Sosa in? Yeah. You have to, right? Yeah. I think I would do both in this first class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, Sosa was the very first captain of UTSA football. And he wasn't just the very first captain. He was a damn good one. Mm -hmm. Really, really good one. Great quarterback. Great team captain. Great leader. Lynn Hickey quite literally built the athletics program and created a football team at UTSA. No brainer. Yeah. Larry Coker to come over here and do what he did, build this thing up. Yeah. Oh, uh, Devin Brown for men's basketball is Devin is Brown first class inauguration. Yeah. Devin Brown. Devin Brown, Derek Gervin, I think, uh, are two really good nods for basketball. Mm. I'd assume they're going to be going uh, one player from each sport, right? I have no idea. I mean, they don't specify any like gender balance, any like distribution across sports or anything. But I mean, I think at minimum, you need to have a representative for every sport like pretty quickly. Yeah. They do. We'll see how it plays out. They do. You can't just put, you know, nothing but football players in the very first class. That wouldn't. Well, yeah. It's not, it's not a football hall of fame. That's right. It's an athletics hall of fame. Right. Which I think is good too, because, you know, people from the outside looking in, they tend to think that race is a football facility. It's not. It's right. an athletics right. facility. And so, right. which, as if you think back to our podcast with Keegan McCain, mm. you'll see that the non football athletes do not see it as just a football facility. Got that right. Yeah. All so, right, Adrian. Well, it might be our last podcast for quite a while. <sighs> I'm kind of, looking, kind of looking forward to spreading my wings again a little bit and flying solo and, and get some more guests <laughs> on and all that. I'll be here when I can. Yeah. Um, you know, I think by the time we get a little bit closer to football season and season previews and that fun stuff, um, maybe I've got this dad thing a little bit underneath my fingertips. And yeah, uh, it's like you, you kind of have like fall camp before the season starts <laughs> so sure thing, you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll be running reps running your drills you know yeah learn how to change diapers and all that and then once the fall comes around ready for game time dude it's true man it's very very much true and so we're gonna get this whole thing figured out i love the concept of getting some other schools 
uh, beat guys, reporters, whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. them onto the podcast and, and kind of just introducing UTSA fan right. to our new competition and <clears throat> yeah, I learn a little bit more about these programs. I don't know if I already discussed this with you or not, but I already have a kind of format in my head of like getting to know uh, the new conference members and mm-hmm. not, not just for football, but also like off the field stuff, you know, the educational aspect, the culture and all of that. Learning um, about the school, right. Not talking right. rosters, not talking game previews, not talking any of that stuff, right. Right. just the, the institution and just meet me, the neighbors. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's Some right. Of the schools we have a high degree of familiarity with already, but I mean, I, I like temple as an example, I, I know barely anything about temple and I'm pretty plugged in. So I, I think, yeah, that'd be really helpful. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, Adrian, on behalf of Domehead Nation, we we wish you and your wife all the best. We're we're very excited for you. Very proud of you. Thank you, sir. I uh, think uh, we'll, we'll hold it down on our side. I think uh, the UTSA faithful, the Roadrunner faithful, the Domehead Collective, um, they're really going to like the name. They're really going to like his name. <laughs> so, I'll leave it at that teaser. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, Thank you to Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Public Football Podcast Network for hosting us. And we'll see you guys back next time. Stay tuned for for more content and uh, let's get ready for football season. 